you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. Hello and welcome to We Are Survivors, a podcast about The Last of Us and The Last of Us 2. I am Jared, but you can call me Ja, and I am here with Bobby Schisler, also known as Blazing Bob. How you doing, Bob? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How about you? I, I cannot complain. Glad I'm uh, making my way through The, the Last of Us again, uh, making progress through The Last of Us again, uh, because I got to be honest. The part that I am dreading the most is coming up in my playthrough, but I'm not there yet. And then once I'm, it's all downhill from there, but we'll get into that later. <laughs> we'll go ahead and get to that later. It's kind of, uh, I thought about it earlier today, but it's kind of funny. We're talking about The Last of Us during these uncertain times in real life. It's, you know, I don't know if you yeah. think about it, if, you know, if this went a little further, like it could be, it could be the real life last of us. Yeah, it is uh, quite the coincidence that the last of us two is right around the corner during <laughs> a global pandemic. So it's crazy. Uh, yeah. But on today's episode, we are going to be covering the first three chapters of the last of us. So that's the prologue, uh, quarantine town and the outskirts. Uh, of the quarantine zone. So let's get started with the prologue. Not a lot of gameplay here, right? This is more just building up the story. And I remember when I got a review copy of The Last of Us, they specifically said they sent a, a document with it that says, do not talk about the first 10 minutes of the game in your review. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what was that was the instructions from uh, Naughty Dog. And it was pretty clear once you got through it why they did not want you to really talk about what happens in the prologue but it's 2020 so fuck it like it's it's time yeah, everybody yeah, knows already right. <laughs> but i could understand why they didn't want to do that and it's pretty important it's pretty impact impactful and it kind of just throws you in quick it's kind of like uh the first you know 10 or 15 minutes of uh, the Keanu Reeves movie. John Wick? Ja, yeah. Right, yes. Yeah, it's just a build-up. Even though I will say you don't get you don't get to know much about Joel here. Uh, what you really see is like, you know, you see part of the life he lived. You see his daughter. Uh, you see the collapse of his hometown. And you see the outbreak happen in real time. You see how cool his daughter is, too. Right, yeah, like you get a small idea of the relationship between him and his daughter. I mean, you can kind of feel it, right? It's not like they have a ton of dialogue together. They don't go down memory lane or anything like that. Joel was a working dad, you know. Yep. Uh, and then almost immediately after, you know, one scene with his daughter, well, you know, shit starts to hit the fan. <laughs> yep, you know? hard. Yeah, hard. So, you know, you, you see her wake up. You know, after a given... Well, let's start with what, you know, that little interaction they had. Here. What's this? Your birthday? You kept complaining about your broken watch. So, I figured, you know. You like it? 
I mean, this is... It's what? nice, but I... I think it's stuck. It's not... What? No, 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 no. Oh, ha-ha. Where did you get the money for this? Drugs. I sell hardcore drugs. Oh, good. You started helping out with the mortgage then. Yeah, you wish. I guess he came home late, and she was waiting for him, and it was his birthday, so she got him a watch, you know? Yep. Which, you know, you'll see the watch pop up throughout the rest of the game, you know? Like, Ellie later on brings up that, you know, the watch is broken, and he doesn't say anything about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so, you know, you do see that watch. Daughter's a little funny. She's like, he's like, how did you afford it? So I sell hardcore drugs. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's just like, she's uh, cheeky and, you know, has good humor. And, you know, most of the time a girl that age isn't going to be that on top of jokes like that, you know? But, like, it was, it showed you how cool she was. That's what I meant by that. So, but yeah, shortly after that, you know, we see that she's woken up, get the phone call from the uncle, like, yo, where's your dad? What's going on? They're trying to build uh, this Senate, this sense of uh, kind of like panic, right? And she's mm-hmm. looking for Joel. You can't really find him in the room. If you go into his room, which I actually, I don't know if that's optional or not, but I think it's optional to watch the television. And, you know, they're at the hospital and you see something happening on the television. You see the explosion on television. And then, like, if you look out the window, you see the same explosion. Mm-hmm. So something obviously is going on they did a really good job building the atmosphere here definitely um, and then when joel comes in you know he's like got like blood on him he's like, yeah, something wrong with the neighbors like something's up like uh, stay away from the windows you know uh and she was a little shook when she when the, the uh the neighbor broke through the glass and joel had to shoot him you know mm-hmm. and she's like you killed him and he's like I, Joel just kind of kind of swiped that off to be honest with you. He's like, yeah, whatever. He was, <laughs> which is crazy because like you you would figure it's the first person he's ever killed. You know, is it though? <laughs> that's what. I, yeah, that's what they don't you would really figure that at that time. He, at the very least, he was prepared to kill a person, right? Yeah. So I think that gives you actually that does give you a little bit of an insight into Joel, right? It's kind of like if you're in that situation. You're like, yeah, I'd do the same thing. But would you, though? Would you? Would you that quickly? You know what I mean? Would you that quickly? Yeah. Yeah. Or would it be a lot more, get back, get back, get back, get back, get back. And then finally, like, shoot, you know, and miss. But he he, he just just tags him. You don't know how you're going to react in situations like that. Uh, so to say that, you know, what Joel did was normal, I wouldn't, you can't necessarily say that because you just don't know. And if what and if for Joel, if that was just his reaction to it, guy broke through the window, shoot him, then that does tell you about the type of uh, person he is. Doesn't mean he's a good or bad person, but it does kind of give you some insight into him. Could also mean he was in the military, maybe too. That's true. I mean, something else that gives you some insight into Joel was the fact that you know when there was a family on the side of the road and you're passing by them, Joel's like, "What are you doing? Just go." Just drive past him. Just keep going. You know? Yeah. yeah, he's in survival mode for just who he cares about. Exactly. Like, he's a survivalist. Like, he's not going to stop for anybody except those he actually uh, cares about. Uh, you know? And, you know, after that, you get to the part where, cause you, you know, you drive past the hospital, and apparently that's where the outbreak is kind of, I guess, the epicenter of the outbreak. Even though, um, you know, the neighbors were 
infected. And they said, well, anybody who worked in the city, they those are the people who are showing up as infected. So whatever the protocol was for containing the virus obviously wasn't working. And then you start to see the patients come out of the hospital and attack normal people. And now shit's just going haywire, man. Shit's blowing up. Cars are running off the road. People are running everywhere. It is, you know, it was, they did that really well too. Yeah, it was, it was a tense moment. They did a good job kind of relaying the situation. And then the part that, I'm pretty you know, sure. is, I know I didn't die during that part, but I've heard that you can you, die. You can? I, I, what I don't I've know. heard. You would have to stand still completely. Yeah, well, like, I you think. go the wrong direction or something like that, but I've heard you could die. Uh, I should go try that, because I, I could easily find out. But, I mean, if, you're, if you know games and you play a lot of them, it's almost impossible to die, because they do a really good job of showing you where you need to go, but also putting excitement in other directions. Right, exactly. It's like, there's an ex- this fire over here. Don't go. There's a path over here. <laughs> this way. Not to mention, Tommy is saying this way, this way. He's leading you yep. where to go. So that's your brother. I think we forgot to mention his name, but your brother Tommy picks you up, and you know, uh, he come. I you know he comes back more uh, more into the game a little later. Uh, but then, uh, the, I guess the um, the most important thing that happens during this prologue is when Joel, I guess, finally does make it out of the of danger to a degree because zombies are chasing him and his daughter because her, something happened to her leg so she can't run she can't walk anymore because of the car accident there yeah. we go there was like you you do get hit by a car and uh now that the, her leg is all messed up but you know you are running away from the zombies and then there's a soldier that kills the zombies behind you and you think you're kind of safe and then the soldier's talking to his higher ups and it's pretty clear that the higher ups tell him like just kill everybody it's okay, baby. We're safe. We're safe. Hey, we need help. Stop! Please. It's my daughter. I think her leg is broken. Stop right there! Okay. We're not sick. We've got a couple of civilians on the outer perimeter. Please advise. Eddie, what about Uncle Tommy? We're gonna get you to safety and go back where I am, okay? Sir, there's a little girl. But... Yes, sir. Somebody we've just been through hell. Okay, we just need... Yeah. Yeah, like, we're not taking a chance here. Like, we're stopping this. Which, if a virus like that broke out, I mean, let's face it. Like, whatever government would firebomb the entire area. Right, exactly. And that that's 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 a very realistic thing. Like it sounds very horrible, but made up, made horrible, made up like something for drama, but you know, a government would do that and not say a word about it. Yeah, to I mean to put it in pers- in perspective, like uh COVID-19 is killing 3% of the people that it infects, right? Well, if the government ran into something where it was killing 99%, you better believe there would be some crazy, drastic measures done. Right. Exactly. So that makes a whole lot of sense. But, you know, Joel lives through that. They do get shot. And the soldier comes to finish Joel off. 
but that's when Tommy shows back up and is able to uh, kill the soldier ahead of time. But, you know, Joel gets shot, but so does his daughter, you know, because I think you know, what happens, you know, is when he gets shot, like, I think he, he starts to run away, but when he gets shot, it, the bullet hits him and forces him to turn around. And I think that's when I uh, think it goes through. Him. Gets, I you think, think it goes through? Yeah, because well, it I mean, through, it's a pretty high powerful rifle. Like if it doesn't hit bone, like it's going through him. Well, I'm pretty sure it'll it'll probably go through him, but at the same time, the impact of those weapons will make you turn. <laughs> you know? It'll, oh, and, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, that, and when he turns, that puts his daughter right in front of what's happening, you know? Because she caught the brunt of it, for sure, because he got shot, for sure, right? He was yeah. hurting, but she, like, like she, was, she was dead. Like, you know, there was nothing she could do. She could barely, like, she couldn't even talk. She could barely breathe, you know? And yeah. this is... They never talk about her mother. Like, they never talk about Joel's, you know, wife. Or actually, I don't even know if they don't even say if he was married to anybody or not. But they don't talk about her mother, so we don't know what happened to her mother. Uh, and now Joel has just lost his his daughter, you know. And I would say at twenty in twenty thirteen, this is one of the most powerful moments in in games. And I would say at the same time though that. For, yeah, especially yeah. At the time when I was playing, I was like, it, it really feels like they're pulling on the heartstrings here. They're trying to pull on the heartstrings here to get you uh, engaged in the game and in the character. Uh, I think one of the one of the things that The Last of Us was trying to achieve at the time was moving storytelling and games to another level, right? Mm -hmm. With having like you know just excellent voice acting, excellent writing excellent delivery you know and then having because the story of last of us to me is okay like it's not some groundbreaking story but it's still a good story it is know? it is pretty good it is and we'll talk about it more later but the character development and i don't know it was kind of similar movie tropes we've seen many times right yeah but in a game and it was impactful and, and yes the way you start this with your daughter dying especially if you have children it's even more impactful i'm sure right yeah so that's the thing they were just really trying to set the tone for what the rest of the game is going to be like what you can kind of expect from the rest of the game uh so now you you, know, you jump 20 years later and Joel was living in the quarantine zone that that what happens in the prologue is in Texas and he now lives in Boston they don't really explain how he gets there uh but he is a, sm a smuggler now and he is in a relationship and I put that in quotes with a woman named Tess because it's unclear whether their relationship is just business or it's personal especially at this point it starts yeah. to clear up a little bit later yeah I but guess at this you're point, right it's unclear you're like you don't know you, yeah, they don't give you a good view of what the what the relationship is. Right, exactly. And uh, she just came back from a deal, but was jumped by somebody like by somebody named Robert or well, his men. This guy named Robert. She was jumped by his men. And she killed them. Um, Joel's pissed at her because he's like, "Yeah, we were supposed to make a run together. We were supposed to go." Yeah, don't and, go by uh, yourself. But you do find out that uh, Robert's men were trying to kill her. And a little after that, you find that Robert stole some of their weapons. So what Robert's trying to do is kill them before they come after him. Because it's funny because, you know, well, turns out Robert's a coward, but uh, he's somebody who sends his men to kill somebody else. It doesn't necessarily, it doesn't 
that's not what you necessarily think about them right off the bat, I would say. Yeah. But when you when you finally do encounter Robert, which we'll get into here in a minute, um, you know, he is pretty much a coward. <laughs> well, and that's when, like, you don't really understand how dangerous what, you know, her going by herself was until you travel with her. You know what I mean? On the right. out, on the outskirts of the city. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, on your way to see Robert, because uh, you find out where he is, um, you get a glimpse of the world they live in. And it's a total police state, right? So people are checked for infection on a regular basis, and they're killed if they're infected. Or they can no, also be killed if they disobey, or, yeah, disobey orders. Uh, so that was a powerful moment. You also, like, if you listen to some of the conversations, you find out that, you know, there's work that needs to be done outside the quarantine zone, but apparently the military was supposed to be handling that, but now they're drafting citizens to do that work for them. Uh, so people are unhappy about that. You listen to some more conversations, you find out they're running low on rations and have for some time now. Uh, areas are gated off with, you know, ID and things like that. So it's a complete police state. I think like, there's like a 12 hour curfew. They can only be out from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Yep. You know, so it's it's a shit show. <laughs> uh, I was just I was just going to say this is where they start giving you all the backstory kind of while the game goes on, which is a really cool thing that continues throughout the game is they will t- give you little pieces of things that happened in the past that you slowly piece together. So this is the first time when you're traveling uh when you're when you're you know using the the tunnels to get to the other well i'll call them districts because then the same they're in the same they're like in the same city so like yeah. maybe districts yeah. yeah or like different compounds but you'll run into the spores you know and then they they explain that the spores can in, infect you and you put the gas mask on then they talk about spores Right, yeah, and the spores actually come from the bodies of the infected, so this is how the the virus kind of, one of the ways the virus kind of replicates itself. You know, that's one of the first dangers you run into. Yeah, I mean, this entire first area, I'll say the entire quarantine zone is like a tutorial zone, right? It's trying to teach you about the infected, because you come across uh, the regular infected, the ones that can actually run. But I, I, I'm trying to think when you actually, I can't remember when you come across the clickers. You definitely do once you're in the outskirts. I think it's after you beat Ellie, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. So like, yeah, inside the, outside the, uh, inside the quarantine zone, you just have like regular infected, which um, on site, they'll chase you down. So, you know, you kind of got to use stealth to get behind them and you can suffocate them. I mean, you can shoot them if you want to, but, the thing about this game is it's it's got some light survival elements. The game doesn't want you to just turn it into a shoot 'em up. So, one, your ammo is limited. Two, the aiming mechanics aren't that great. I mean, unless you get until you get like the shotgun later on, which obviously, you know, you're just going to blow people apart with that, so it almost doesn't matter where you aim. <laughs> uh, but like when you're using the pistol, the revolver, it's very, it can be tough, especially when they're running at you because your, your aim is not steady. I think yeah. later on, you know, you, you'll, you're able to upgrade your weapons. It becomes a little easier later on, but especially in the beginning, you know, you're not, it's just not a great idea to be shooting things up all the time. And you just can't, you just, there isn't enough resources in the game 
to take out all the enemies with with guns. For the regular, for just the infected, it takes like two or three body shots, one headshot. But the clicker is like it takes like two headshots at least, at least two headshots yeah. to kill them. So yeah, you have to rely on other methods like you know using stealth or uh, using your tools that you can craft, which means you're constantly looking for crafting materials. And some items use the same materials. So do I make this health pack? Or do I make this like not not a shiv? The shiv doesn't use the same, but I think like the bombs use the same material. Yeah, they'll the use packs. different, some of the same ingredients, and you really have to think about that. And the shivs, I always hated wasting shivs too, because you use them yeah. to open locked doors along with. There's talents you can get later that'll help you save yourself if you get grabbed by a clicker, which usually means just death if you don't have, uh, if you don't have that talent uh and a shiv on uh on you like if they get if they grab you you're done right and just to clarify in case you haven't experienced the clickers yet uh they can't see they every they do everything through sound so if you run if you make a noise they'll be attracted to it which means you can also still dodge them right like you can if you are making a noise and they're attracted to it if you can like crouch and stop making so much noise they may bypass you, but if you alert like an infected, the infected makes so much noise that the clicker is now going to attack yeah, you as well. Yes, yeah, is now on you, and you could throw bottles to draw Distract the clickers them, yeah. or even the other ones away from you. Right, yeah, that's a mechanic as well. So yeah, you kind of learn all these things while you are tra- traveling on your way to Robert. You also learn about the fireflies. Now, the fireflies you hear about during the intro video, uh, you hear some of their mantra, but you actually get to see them in action while you're trying to pass through a gate. And they basically blow up a car behind you, you know? So at this point, it's like, are the fireflies, like, they're saying that they're fighting uh, FE, well, Fedra. Like, you can call it Fedra or the FEDRA. Uh, that's the military organization that's in charge of the quarantine zones. They're saying they're fighting them to, to gain freedom because apparently Fedra has removed all bureaucrats, you know, from power. And they're basically just maintaining power in the quarantine zones and they're trying to keep the quarantine zones safe. But obviously they're doing that through very uh, harsh means, as we kind of you know talked about before. So the Fireflies are uh, a militia group that are fighting against Fedra. But at the same time, they're committing, I guess, what you would call acts of terrorism, right? Where they're blowing up uh, buildings, blowing up cars, stealing stuff, fi- you know, fighting the military, you know, stuff like that. They're avalanche. So, they, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically, like, yeah, they're, they're avalanche, but it's like, you know, if the people aren't with you, are you a freedom fighter? Are you actually a freedom fighter? Or are you just a terrorist? Is that the difference between a terrorist and a freedom fighter? Because. Maybe. It, something they don't really get into in the game is like, you know, they've had some success in other cities where, uh, you know, they'll push Fedra out and they can only do that with the help of the civilians. The civilians have to rise up as well, but that doesn't apparently, that doesn't appear to be happening in Boston in the Boston quarantine uh, where they are because they're like, they're actually being killed off. That's the, that, that's the thing like the, the Fedra in Boston is doing a, a good job of actually wiping them out. And there's only a few of them left. So, yeah, like, is that the difference between a freedom fighter and a terrorist? Like, you have the people supporting you don't. 
Yeah, that's a good point. But they're also, I mean, it's kind of, you know, they're just a different faction within this world. As we'll find out later. I mean, if you're replaying through the game too, you kind of already know. But in the later chapters, you know, you get a little bit, uh, <laughs> you get to dig a bit more into the Fireflies and, you know, what their goals are and what, what lengths they're willing to go to. So, but like, that's, that's a couple episodes from now. Yeah, but uh, because of what the Fireflies are doing on the surface, not on the surface, but, you know, in the quarantine zone, that's what forces you to take the back alleys and stuff that Bob was talking about. And like I said, it's just a huge tutorial area. You actually get, you know, you get a chance to to fit, to get uh, more acquainted with the world where Tess, she's handing out ration cards as a form of currency. Yep. You know, like I need information. Trade. Yeah, she's trading information for, uh, you know, to find out where Robert is. And you do get to Robert, who has a bunch of men with him. You just kind of clear them out real fast. Not that difficult at all. And that's when you finally get, you do get to meet up with Robert and he's running away from you. Yeah, like I said, he's a coward. And, uh, you know, you find out that he has sold your guns to the Fireflies. Who has our guns? It's the Fireflies. I owe the Fireflies. What? Look, they're basically all dead. We, we can just, just go in there, finish them off. We get the guns. What do you say? Come on. Yeah, fuck those Fireflies. Just go get them. That is a stupid idea. You know, because he's like, I can't give the guns back. I can't tell you who has the guns. And he can, like snap his arm. And then, of course, people start talking every time he breaks their arm. So <laughs> um, he, uh, you know, he tells you that, yeah, it's the Fireflies. Like, I, I sold the guns to the Fireflies. And he actually proposes that, hey, they're weak right now. Let's go. We can kill them all. And we'll get your guns back. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you owe me these. You go get them back. Yeah. But you, he doesn't even have a chance to do that because you kill him. <laughs> you know, Tess doesn't want to have anything to do with it. And, uh, you know, she's, you know, Joel's like, well, what the fuck are we going to do? Like, we need to get these guns. And she's like, we just need to go talk to them. We need to go, we need to explain to them that they're our guns and we, we, we want them back. And then that's when Marlene shows up and you hear her name pop up before. Uh, and she is the leader of the Fireflies. Look, let's just go find a Firefly. You won't have to look very far. There you go. Queen Firefly. Why are you here? Business. You aren't looking so hot. Where's Robert? I needed him alive. The guns he gave you? They weren't his to sell. I want them back. Doesn't work like that, Tess. The hell it doesn't. I paid for those guns. You want them back? You're gonna have to earn them. How many cards are we talking about? I don't give a damn about ration cards. I need something smuggled out of the city. You do that, I'll give you your guns back. And then some. Tess and Marlene are talking. She's like, hey, those are our weapons. We want them back. And Marlene's like, I'm not going to give them back because we paid for them. It doesn't just work like that. But she, she said you can earn them back if you can do this job. If you can smuggle this thing out of the city, then we'll give you your weapons back. And was it, was it originally she was going to help smuggle out? She was no, I don't with. think so. 
I don't she think gets so. Shot right. That's why she can't do it. She gets shot. Well, she's shot before you meet her. Before you see her, she was already yeah, yeah, hurt. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. She was already hurt before you meet her. So I don't think she. Uh, well, that was one of the problems, right? Like she couldn't get her out of the city. She couldn't get all uh, the package. Which the package, by the way, is out. You find that out shortly. That you know they want you to take this girl out of the city, even though they don't explain why. They just need to get her out of the city. Joel asks, like, what's the deal? Are you some type of, like, you know, bureaucrat's daughter or something like that? She's like, yeah, something like that, right? Yep. Um, But Tess, and here's, a, here's the interesting thing to me. Tess goes with Marlene. So, basically, Joel takes Ellie to the apartment to lay low for a while. Tess goes with Marlene to see the weapons. So, you do get Joel and Tess get Ellie out of the city. And shortly after that, you kind of get caught by a patrol. And that's where they find out that Ellie's infected because they scan Joel, they scan Tess, and when they scan Ellie, she freaks out, stabs one of the guys, and then you end up having to kill them. But Joel looks at the scanner and sees that she's infected with the virus. However, she seems to be immune from it because she got bit, but her bite is pretty much like, like kind of healed up, right? Yeah, and usually you um, change within a day or two. Yeah. And... You know, she like they want to get her to the, you know, this uh, facility so that they can see why she's immune and hope maybe come up with a vaccine for the virus. Yeah. You know? And and you, you also got to Joel's the entire interaction with Ellie and Joel. Joel is cold as ice to her. Like, right. Yeah. He does not want to do this. He does not want to do this. It is very clear from the start that he does not want to do this job and you i mean you they don't tell you right out but you feel that he does not want to be responsible this girl is about the age that his daughter was when she got when she got killed so it's obvious that he doesn't want anything to do with with protecting a child and possibly screwing it up again yeah but at the same time i just think that he's like shut off period you know, I think he's just like shut off period at this, at this point. It doesn't even matter to him. Well, he obviously just cares he, about tests, though. You can he tell cares, that. Uh, he cares about tests, but he's even trying to force that down. He's even trying to like act like that's not a big deal. Mm-hmm, true. You know, so I think he's just trying to be really shut off. And whether it's working or not is a different story, <laughs> to be, to be <laughs> yeah, honest with you. Yep. But yeah, I think with tests, it's clear that he does to a degree. Oh, especially later on, and we're going to kind of run into that here in a minute. But, um, yeah, with her, he just wants to get the job done and get it over with. You know, and that's it. So, uh, you know, you have to dodge the FEDRA or the, the military, and you do that through, you know, going through sewers and, you know, using the darkness to your advantage and stuff like that. And eventually you make it out, right? And, you got to go through some of Boston. You find out that they actually did bomb Boston, you know, when this was going on. They 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 tried to get rid of the infection by putting everybody who was cleaning the quarantine zone and then bombing the city. And Tess said it did work for a while, but it just came back, you know, because Bo- Boston is in shambles. Like, like when, I, when I came out into the city, I was like, why are there buildings that, like, why are these roads crumbled and bridges falling down? Like, the virus wouldn't do that. I'm like, they're, I'm like, they're reaching here. And then she's like, oh, no, they bombed the city. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Yeah, you wouldn't <laughs> figure 20 years would cause that much uh, wear and tear 
Exactly, especially when nobody's on the roads. Yep. You know. So, yeah, that's that's the first thing I thought of, but you do have to make your way through this kind of like broken city, so uh you make your way through some uh some high-rise buildings that have fallen over. Uh I think the important part is when you and, and this is more tutorial area too cuz this is this is where you run into the clickers for the first time and you have to figure out how to deal with them. Uh but the important part is when you get to the museum. That's the important part. You get Joel gets separated from Tess and Ellie. And you when you meet back up with them, Ellie oh Tess is being attacked by a by an infected. But it seems like she's fine. You know? You get through that part, you make it through to the Capitol, and when you get to the Capitol, uh you are supposed to deliver Ellie to some fireflies, but they're dead already. The thing about that though, it doesn't tell it doesn't tell you who killed them per se, because you would think it's the military that killed them, but the military isn't there. The, yeah, the military not, got Yeah, the like military isn't there. They're on their there. way, but they're not they're there. They're on their and they're on their way because they're chasing you, you know, mm-hmm. not the yeah. fireflies. But you get there, the fireflies are dead, and Tess is in a panic, and she's like you know, we got to get, we, we, we got to find out where they were going. And Joel's like, what are you doing? This isn't us. You know, what are you talking about? Like, what, like it's over. And she's like, no, we got to keep going. And then Ellie figures out that Tess is infected. Now we tried. Let's just go home. I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. This is my last stop. What? Our luck had to run out sooner or later. Are you going on? No, don't. Don't touch me. Holy shit. She's infected. Joel. Let me see. I didn't mean for this. Show it to me. Oh, Christ. Oops, right? Give me your arm. This was three weeks. I was bitten an hour ago, and it's already worse. This is fucking real, Joel. You've got to get this girl to Tommy's. He used to run with this crew. He'll know where to go. No, 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 no. That was your crusade. I am not doing that. Yes, you are. Look, there's enough here that you have to feel some sort of obligation to me, so you get her to Tommy's. Yeah, I mean, Joel says no, but then Tess... That's when she says, there's enough here that you have to feel some type of obligation to me. So there is something there between the two, but they probably are both like the same person. They don't want to be attached to another person because in this world, you lose people, you know? Yeah. And and you don't want to have those attachments. And, you know, and even Joel's reaction to it, like Joel's reaction to seeing her bite mark is. Like, there's a lot in that statement. That's why Troy Baker is such a good voice actor. <laughs> you know? Yep. Like, there's a lot in, like, just his reaction, which had no words to it. You know? Um, so, yeah. Like, the, the, there's definitely something there. Or there was something there. Because shortly after that, you know, Tess, she stays behind. The military shows up. They find you. And Tess stays behind. And, well, she's dead soon after that. Because she's just trying to provide time for you and Ellie to get out of the area. Yep. Which to, you do. To run. Yeah, to run. So you do that. You do get uh, get out of the area. And when you do, when you're in safety, finally, 
Ellie's like, I'm sorry about Tess. And Joel's like, don't ever bring her up. Do what I say when I say it, but don't ever bring up Tess's name again. Yeah, he's gotten even colder than he was all prior. Like right. He, like, he, like it kind of reverts him back into even colder mode. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, that's where, that's pretty much where the third chapter ends. After this, you make your way to what's called Bill's Town. It's actually a little town called um, Lincoln. But you you meet up with Bill. But hey, like I said, we're gonna get into that into in the next episode because you know that's a good Pearl, one, though. Yeah, yeah, I think it's gonna be fun. I will say in in advance that you know you the first three chapters of the game are really linear. Actually, the whole game is linear. Don't get me wrong. Um, it can feel a bit slow and boring especially if you've played through the game already because the story elements aren't a surprise to you. But, you know, once you get through the first three chapters, the game opens up a little bit. Like, you get more options as a player. Like, when you're going through the first three areas, there's only one path you can take, generally speaking. There's only one path you could take. The stealth areas are very small. Your options are very limited. Your weapon options are very limited. Once you get like past halls, this, like there's just exactly. there's a hall, whereas later on you get into where you'll be in bigger like buildings with multiple options of going out the window and climbing to a different window or actually moving through the halls or, you know, hiding in a bathroom. Like there's a lot to do within small areas. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, that's this is. They try. They do a lot of setup in the first three chapters. After the first three chapters, I think the game really starts to unfold uh, in both story and gameplay. So I'm looking forward to talking about the next three chapters on our next episode. Me too. Yeah. So that's gonna that is gonna do it for this episode. Thank you for listening. We hope you continue to listen for the next episode. Uh, the plan is to do every three chapters, but ten, depending on the amount of content per chapter, we may have to extend it a bit. But, uh, yeah, we're going to keep marching through this until we get to the end of The Last of Us. And then when The Last of Us 2 picks up, that's where we'll start with that one. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Bob, you want to give them your social media info? Yes. Uh, you, you, you can find me on Twitter at Blazin underscore Bob. That's B-L-A-Z-Z-I-N underscore B-O-B. What about you, Jeff? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Josh Stradamus. Uh, you can also follow the Mashles Buttons Network on uh, Twitter.com slash the Mash Network. And uh, yeah, if you uh, want to, we want to hear what you have to say. You know, we want to, we love to hear uh, your comments and questions. So, you know, you can reach out to us on Twitter or you can leave a comment uh, or a review on your favorite podcast platform of choice. Uh, you can actually come into our Discord, which is discord.me, or actually mash, mash.gg slash Discord. So discord.me slash buttons or mash.gg slash Discord, whichever is easier for you. And you can come and talk to us about, you know, the show. And, uh, yeah, with that, I think we are done for now. We'll see you on episode 